Welcome. You're listening to the Well Engaged podcast, an unscripted conversation between myself, Gareth Shackleton, and osteopath Paul Tootleman about health, well-being, engagement in life and business. We go off-piste, we go here, there, and everywhere. So strap up, buckle in, and get ready for a wide-ranging discussion about all things about life. Enjoy. Well Engaged podcast with myself, Paul Tutterman, and my esteemed colleague, Mr. Gareth Shackleton. You all right, Gareth? I'm very well, thank you, Paul. How are good. you? Yeah, yeah, I'm very well, thanks. I'm very mm-hmm. good. Actually, I'm not that good. I've, it's been stressful lately. I've been, um, I've been um, self-authoring. Which is, self-authoring? What do you mean by that? Yeah, it sounds a bit pretentious, doesn't it? But like, there's, there's so many books I'd love to write in my life, right? So many things I would be proud of if I'd written about. Yeah. Uh, the only one that really matters, the only one that it would really bug me if I didn't do would be like my life experiences in terms of how I interpret the world now for my children and my grandchildren and possibly their children to read. Right. The, the, the truth about life, my life, not the things that they want to remember or the things that other people will tell them. It's like all the nooks and crannies, all the, all the fallacies, all the mistakes, all the things that went right yeah. uh, in, in my life. And, and how did I realize that was a good or a bad thing? And, and what did I do once I realized it was a bad thing? And, and, and how can you put things right? Because you, there's always a way to, to get things back together. And so um, it, it, it's come up time and time again in my life, the importance of, of having goals. Because if you don't have a goal, then there's not really any direction. And if there's no That's direction... Right. You, might end up somewhere in life or doing something in life that you don't really want to do. Um, but I'm also aware that when you just go through the self-help books, it's like, right, you know, write down your goals. It doesn't matter how ambiguous or how ambitious they are, right? If you yeah. want a pounds, you want a hundred million pounds, if you want a Ferrari, it's like, well. Just write it down and, it, and make it so, yeah, it, it's just so superficial, isn't it? As an exercise in goal setting, it, uh, it's yeah. no surprise that it doesn't work. Uh, particularly if you're not really buying into that whole materialistic sort of, you know, westernized capitalist sort of momentum. If that's something that you find, you know, lacking yeah. for one purpose, or if you think that we could do better as a, as a species, as, a, as an organism, then, you know, subscribing to that doesn't really help. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, there's, there's mistakes that I've made throughout my life and throughout my career, and some of those have been repetitive. And, and so it was um, brought to my attention recently that, you know, it, 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 was, a, it was a death in the family. It was, it was my father-in-law died. And uh, I was, you know, I've been watching how my, my wife's been, been dealing with that and processing that. And uh, and I was overcome with uh, admiration for her because, mm. um, you know, there's been some pretty traumatic stuff there and she seems to have transcended all of it. Um, wow. Not in just a denial way, like in an right. actual, like dealing with trauma. And, and as a result, like it, it would be easy to just, you know, cast that memory out and say, well, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness he's gone. 
which he seems to have found total forgiveness for him. And in doing so, I can see how powerful that is because there's, there was, if you like, there's quite a lot of poison attached in there, mm. which could have easily just been flowing down into her and then flowing into our children. And, and that wouldn't be a good thing. And I'm sitting there looking at my, my circumstances with my parents and I'm thinking, I'm just allowing this poison to just flow into me. <laughs> right? The poison in the sense of the, it wasn't a good relationship that your, your wife had with? Uh, no, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't. Okay. Yeah, so that could be quite difficult. Could bring it all to the surface again in very difficult ways, couldn't it? Yeah. In very powerful ways, yeah. yeah. So um, it's been a really powerful lesson for me in terms of how you know you can you can you can create a change within yourself mm. for the good of everybody, and it's a necessary change because if you don't make that change, then really you're going to be perpetuating the trauma that was inflicted on you. And it suddenly became clear that, you know, especially when it comes to our parents, if there are things that weren't great, you know, it was probably because they were acting as a result of the trauma that was inflicted on them. Right. Wow. So your self-authoring has taken you right the way back into looking at your parents then? Well, beyond that, I, I, I spread the net a bit wider and I say, well, from what I know of my grandparents, I'll, I'll, I'll dig in there and have a look and see if these patterns that go from, my parents to me, you know, transcend that into my grandparents as well. Oh. And turns out it does. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it does. I mean, it gets crazier as you go through because each person has their own set of traumas that they're experiencing and, and, and behaving as a result of. Yeah. And now you've got parents coming into offspring and now you've got offspring meeting offspring and those offspring have multiple parents. So you end up with these, these patterns you know, trailing all the way down through uh, into these, you know, into us. <laughs> and um, so it's just identifying those patterns, really. So it, it's a fascinating process because it's a, it's a really massive subject in terms of asking yourself, who are you and how did you get here? Mm. Um, it was um, overwhelming to think I was going to have to go through this process to try and find things within me that, um, that might be holding me back or um, stopping me from, from, from developing myself in certain areas. Yeah. So, so just, how, have you, how have you overcome that overwhelm and actually managed to uh, make this into a productive process rather than just navel-gazing? Well, yeah, it's good. It's, it just break it down, and, and I do the thirty-five minutes. Thirty-five right. minutes. Come, thirty-five minutes each day. Just sit down and start writing about who you are. Yeah. So it, it starts okay. off with saying, "This is my name. Uh, I'm a human being. Uh, I'm this old age." You can write all the stats and figures if you like to start get, get yeah, you all right. Get the pen working. Yeah. Get get your brain ticking, and then ideas will come to you about experiences that you had. And, well, for me, it was important to focus and have a look at my family relationships and, uh, and, and, and see what the state of those relationships are now and have a look and see, you know, maybe things that have happened that have changed those relationships mm. uh, uh, and start digging into that aspect of it, which I'm almost about to finish that part of it. Okay. About who I am. And how finish it in, in the sense of that's it done or, or, or do you think this is an ongoing process that you'll, you'll continue with? The reason I ask is, is what you're describing puts me in mind of uh, Marcus Aurelius and, and 
the book that has been published since uh, meditations that he wrote throughout his lifetime yeah well wouldn't that be lovely if uh, if i was held in that sort of esteem but um but well, yeah. i'm sure i'm sure marcus aurelius didn't start out with the idea that he would be held in that esteem for these meditations of course he was the emperor of, of rome so he was held in some esteem anyway and probably felt he would be held in some esteem through history but uh, maybe not for the meditations as they were written because I, I think he wrote those almost as letters to himself rather than intending that they would be for public consumption well i guess it's really easy if you're in those sort of positions to get bad advice because mm. you of advisors won't you so yeah why not write a letter to yourself yeah and reflect on the day's activities and uh what it means what you could have done better but if you're taking time out to pause from what you, what's going on and actually put put pen to paper or, or start typing it gives you that opportunity a to be creative and b to start looking at things from a little bit more objectively from a little bit further away or at mm. least pause pause on the subject matter for longer than a few seconds as it goes through your head. Um, yeah, I mean, what I'm finding is I could go on with this. I have to stop at 35 minutes each day. Right. Because I could go on and on and on. But I like stopping them because if, it's, if I stop when I'm hungry, I'm keen to get back to it. Uh -huh. um, so the goal of two weeks so that I can actually sort of put, put a deadline on it and, and sort of motivate myself to sort of have something at the end of it. Okay. Yeah. I, you start writing about one thing and it reminds you of something else and you know these memories you still have in your brain but you, 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 you these are the sort of memories that the sort of things that you can remember things that you did when you were totally by yourself there was mm -hmm. nobody else there's nobody that you would have a conversation with later on in life that would remind you that that happened these are only the memories that you can only unlock by really going through this process and and sort of forcing your brain into these into these alleyways to to bring these experiences up and it's amazing what we forget about ourselves yeah, yeah. It's, Especially... um, it's a process of being able to assign meaning to these memories isn't it or or recognizing what meaning you have already assigned subconsciously to them uh, so that you start to understand and piece together as you've said who you are yeah, yeah it's like it's like finding a poem up in the parents attic and reading it and going wow that's really good and you've forgotten that you wrote it you know <laughs> you wrote it when you're like 12 years old and it's like amazing right. so that that pops up and that that you know you've got potential to go on forever you know mm. every day you've got these memories going on inside you and you do amazing things every day but you just don't realize it. you don't remember it. you don't you don't process it in that way yeah um so that's really useful because that can be quite motivating and uplifting but it, obviously it's very very easy to remember all the traumatic things and that's that's quite mm. tough because you certainly realize that um, you know, most of this thing, probably the biggest reason why people aren't where they are with their health, and I would say probably the same with, with their business or their career, is because at some point they, they, they didn't deal with the things that, that really mattered at that time. So if this, the trauma occurs, nobody really knows how to deal with the trauma. You're just sort of left to get on with it because these, the, yeah. the things that affect us aren't life and death anymore, right? So if it was a life and death moment, well, you'd either be dead or you'd be really grateful that you survived. Right? So, so there's, there's a, there's a junction there. Um, 
whereby you would have no suffering because you'd be dead or you'd be grateful for the fact that you're alive. But mm. most of what tends to affect us in terms of um, poor choices in health and poor choices in business, they're not life and death. They just enable us to, to live a life where we struggle and suffer. <laughs> which, which doesn't have to be the case. I mean, there, there could be some element of, I guess, preordained, if you like, some, some fate, some suffering process that we have to go through. But if you knew that what you were doing was creating your suffering mm. and it was really to change it, would you? I suspect most people would. And, um, and so you, you sort of go through those processes of traumas and realize that you hadn't actually dealt with them at all. They're still there. They're still raw, and you know it's you, you, you've got to go back there, and 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 it's really interesting coming back into it, sort of you know in in, in my forties, you know things that happened to me in my childhood and in my teens. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's not just traumas, neither is it that um, that this process uncovers. It's those kind of little irritating mistakes that we make along the way particularly well i was going to say particularly when we're younger really but i think we make them all the way through our life <laughs> yeah. yeah these mistakes uh, and it's little things but it's the kinds of things that you you embarrassed about or um a little bit ashamed of you know, not necessarily traumas but the things to be ashamed of or that you feel ashamed of whether they are or not to be ashamed yeah. of and these yeah. are the things as you said you know hold hold us back when it comes to our health or our business or our life in general um you know we will decide not to do something because of that memory that we've got of that thing that we did when we were younger that, that we feel ashamed of yeah you know whether that was tripping up as we went up on stage to give a you know a speech or a, a, a um a reading at school you know, we remember it and so now every time we have to give a speech or public speaking we hold ourselves back from it because of that you can call it trauma if you like but it's more something of an embarrassment yeah it was an experience which uh you know created an opportunity for you to suffer yeah and, uh, especially if you know if, if, if you're younger and you're part of a group part of your tribe of friends mm. and you sort of become compelled to kind of deal with it in one of certain ways you can either become a joker and make fun of it and laugh at yourself or you become completely enveloped by it and insecure and debilitated uh, or you can get angry and threaten to you know pop someone on the nose if they ever laugh at you again or something mm -hmm. like that you know these personality traits are sort of, are sort of developed from these experiences and how we can react to them and, but nobody teaches you the, the, the pros and cons of these decisions you know? yeah. if you you choose to react to this experience like this then there's a good chance it's going to create these problems for you further down the line if you react to it like this it, it creates a different set of, of, of challenges and opportunities yeah it's really interesting going back as an adult to things that you remember as a kid because it's like going back to your old primary school and it was really big when you were little and you go back to it when you're an adult and you realize it's tiny you know mm. furniture the rooms are tiny and um and, 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 and these, but these images and these, these stories that you tell yourself as you go along, which is yeah. probably the, the beginnings of a self-limiting belief, you know, yeah. uh, uh, sort of stuck in there. So there's, there's some very uh, unpleasant and uncomfortable moments. I'm finding it's affecting my sleep 
quite a lot <laughs> at the minute. Um, because my whole neural network, my whole neurology is being scrambled. I'm pushing myself into areas that, you know, I, I, I probably didn't deal with them very well when I was younger because I didn't, I either didn't want to or didn't know how. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so going back into that discomfort zone. Yeah. So what do you intend to do with them now? I mean, you're uncovering these difficult moments, these traumatic experiences or, or moments of suffering in your past. Uh, do you intend to just uh, uncover them and because of that awareness you feel that's enough or now are you going to be digging into that more and uh, and trying to deal with them so you know in that therapeutic way yeah well this you know there's many different ideas and schools of thought on this one mm. my experiences in life up to this point so far well to end the cycle to end the suffering you have to have awareness of it and that, that, that's usually enough to stop it from occurring in that moment but you then need to to pause a little bit longer and identify the fact that those choices is as a result of that suffering is one of the things that's holding you where you are now so is that a helpful thing now because it, it probably was helpful back then when you didn't know how to deal with it or you couldn't deal with it and you still had to carry on getting through life somehow but now you realize it is that something that you really want to hold on to or is it something that you could see might be better if you let go of it or is it something that was helpful back then and is really powerful but it's not needed now but you might need it again at some point in the future mm. and try to create some kind of i suppose you could call it an arsenal right of emotion i'm going to say then <laughs> uh, so, you know, it might not be a useful idea to make light of everything all the time. If that was your coping strategy as a kid, yeah, lie and make jokes of everything all the time. Well, that, that might not be appropriate, you yep. know, when this has to be made. But it's still quite a useful tool, right? It's still quite useful to be able to make light and to have, you know, jokes and make people laugh and light and move when things get mm -hmm. too serious. Um, so it's just about learning that those experiences can be put into not in boxes, I suppose, but there's a time and a place when they're appropriate. But then the power really comes from aligning yourself with those, with those goals, right? So the thing about, you know, whether you're materialistic or not, right, whether your goals are materialistic or not, it doesn't really matter. It, it is, the point is that when you point yourself in a direction and you're working on it, you will go there. You might not get everything along the way, but you'll be moving in that direction, right? And, um, so you now have the, the, the opportunity to set yourself goals, not about what you'd like to have in life or, you know, how much money you've got in your bank account, all that sort of stuff, but about the sort of person that you really want to be. Right. And if you now identified those things that are holding you back uh, and allowing you to make those frustrating mistakes, or, or maybe they're the really big traumas that are holding you back and stopping your relationships from flourishing or, um, then, or, or keeping your self-esteem low to the ground, then, um, you've got an opportunity now to start setting goals about who you want to be. And, and by that point, having gone through the process of identifying what went on in the past, which can ascertain who you are now, you've now got some idea about what needs to happen within you in order for you to become that person. And in becoming that person, I remember the Jim Rohn, I remember Jim Rohn years ago when I was going through his body of work, was talking about if you, if you want something, 
don't think about the thing that you want to have. Mm-hmm. You need to focus on who you have to become in order to get that thing. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's the subtle difference about, you know, setting your goals, not about what you want, but about who you have to become in order to get the things that you would like to have. And what, what does that mean to you? What does the person you want to become mean? I mean, it, it's a big question, isn't it? Who am I and who will I become? What kinds of uh, parameters of your being, of your person, are you going to be working on? You, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Well, you know, remember, did, coming on for you know, nearly 20 years of, of, of working with people whose health has suffered, right? Mm-hmm. So people don't come to me, you know, in the early stages when they're feeling great. They're usually coming because they've run out of options. You know? The drugs aren't working and the, the operation isn't working. It's like, what can I do? And it's like, well, you know, we, we're, we're tapping into that body's capacity to regenerate and heal itself. And, um, and it, it strikes me as it's really odd how it doesn't matter how successful you are in business or how much money you've got or, it doesn't matter, you know, any of that materialistic stuff. It, it, it counts for nothing. Mm. When the health goes, all that stuff disappears. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter how many cars you've got in the driveway or mm-hmm. you know what the horsepower of that Ferrari is. It's like if you can't get in it to drive it, well, what's the point of having it? Yeah. You know? But those things almost become your prison because it's like taunting you from the outside. Like, you know, this is what you could have if you had the energy to walk. Mm-hmm. But people come see me from all strata of life, and so clearly, you know, having more money. You know, becoming a person that's capable of earning more money for the sake of having more stuff, that doesn't take people where they want to go. So I now know that that's not something worthy of, of putting my attention in. So it doesn't mean to say that people can't accrue uh, monetary wealth and success and not be good people or have health. It just means that you want to make sure that you've got your health and your personality and your relationships you know, way up there. Mm-hmm. Um, before you start, you know, making loads of money. Because if those things aren't working for you and then you make loads of money, that, that it's amazing how many more problems that seems to create. So, yeah. so that who you want to become isn't about materialistic things for you, which I guess knowing you, that would be pretty obvious from the outset. But so it's about um, your relationships with other people, about being a good person. Uh, it's really coming down, coming down to ending those repetitive cycles, those patterns of, of behavior that have been reoccurring in me and uh, you know we're, we're reoccurring from from my parents and reoccurring from grandparents and saying well do i just want to allow this to just keep perpetuate do i just want to keep being a consumer you know draining fossil fuels right um you know, just just you know going through the motions of doing a job yeah i mean w- without any real purpose yeah without really about it you know doing something i don't really want to do for my whole life and then get to retirement and realize it's just like when you don't go to school one day because you're not very well and you end up watching daytime tv all day and then by the end of it you just want to go back to school right mm-hmm. but when, when you retire you know for a lot of people that's what happens <laughs> you just get bored really quickly and you want to go back to school right? you want to go back to doing something so this very much seems like it's framed in what you don't want to be though in terms of what you don't want to become is framed in the negative. <laughs> That's just through life's experiences and seeing <laughs> my own experiences, but seeing other people who are coming to work with me, you know, and hearing their stories. Yeah. And saying, well, I definitely well, because it's not easy to know what it is you want to do in life, but you know, it's really easy to know what you don't want to do in life. So 
well, I gradually pushing myself away from those those directions one by one, and it's yeah. kind of leading down this path. And um, so, how would you frame this in the positive? You know, the person you do want to become, rather than the person you don't want to be. Yeah. Who is it that I'd really like to be? And maybe that's not a question for this uh, this podcast. Maybe that's for further deeper reflection. Well. Yeah, we'll have a chat about it when I get to the end of the two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I think that's an important uh, you know, question for our listeners that it's like it's phrasing this question in terms of who do you want to be rather than who you don't want to be. Because psychologically, that's a much more powerful way to, to view the question. You can fast track it, I think. You, can, you, can, you get to where you want it to be much, more, much quicker. But how do you know that's really where you want to be? You have to do the work beforehand, don't you? Which is what you're doing, which is to understand who you don't want to be first, <laughs> but then to uh, develop that into who you do want to be rather than who you don't want to be. Do you know, one of the most interesting aspects about this is how many of my really important life decisions, you know, the, the things that really made the biggest impact on my life were the most kind of transient sort of inconsequential conversations or pieces of advice or really random things that just happened and led to those occurrences have been the most significant things, you know, and, and, and all of the most important, what you think like career advice, right? My career, I remember my career advice when I was at college before I went to university was my biology lecturer who was a mad stressed woman brilliant i mean really really knowledgeable but she didn't have time for people because she just had too much to do mm. and, uh, i hadn't really been going to i've been going to enough lectures to, to to do well but i hadn't been going to all of the lectures and she liked everybody to be at all the lectures and um so she definitely didn't have as much time for me as she did anybody else mm -hmm. much time for them anyway but i remember going to her and she said paul what do you want to do i said well you know i'm thinking about physiotherapy but i just can't put my and before I could finish saying what I'm saying she went Paul if you want to do physiotherapy then just bloody well do physiotherapy all right and she turned around and walked off <laughs> that was it that was the whole input of my career's advice from right. from my college you know which is more than I ever got from my school yeah and yet maybe uh, although it was a perfunctory um uh in engagement if you like and, and, uh, and maybe in hindsight not a very useful one there was a, there was a kernel of uh, of probably truth there you know because although it's not called physiotherapy what you're doing now is not a million miles from that and uh, and look at where you are with it and, and how passionate yeah. you are about osteopathy yeah we just, well, you know, just there was that sense of um uh, of an insight there in her that it was like, Paul, just do it. You know you want to. It's the right thing to do. Just do it. Uh, and she maybe didn't deal with it in the right way, and yet there was that kernel of truth there. But it led me to where I am, and it, I, yeah. I, I, I love I that. You know, and, and I still think of that moment now when I'm getting wound up and stressed out with my kids, and it's like, yeah. oh, it was just too complicated. What do I need to get across to these kids right now? Mm. <laughs> and I still see her face going, just do wow. it. Just keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah, and be honest. So that's been a really powerful process. And also how a lot of um, 
a lot of the ways that I've reacted to, well, basically anaesthetizing trauma, right? That's, that's what we do, particularly in our, in our teenage years. If it's difficult and we don't have any support in dealing with things, then we tend to just anaesthetize it. And how much of our eating habits can be affected by these, these things as well. And so you know, the implications of you know, poor nutrition uh, later on in life is, is, is really, really difficult to change eating habits. Yeah. If those eating habits are in place as a result of a coping strategy from something that happened when you were, you know, ten, mm. yeah. going to Weight Watchers is not going to be successful in the way that you think it is. That's this is a, a, a quite a traumatic uh, process to be going yeah. through, uh, and yeah. clearly it's going to put a lot of people off even starting. Uh, For sure. Perhaps without some help to to do so. Um, It'd be great to, to finish this off with a, uh, a positive end so that people are encouraged and motivated to, to give it a go. Uh, where, what, what are your next steps and uh, how much longer do you uh, anticipate move, going through this process for, for yourself? Yeah, well, the next steps are to start um, acknowledging that having observed the patterns of my behaviours and seeing those patterns echoed back through you know, two generations. Mm. three generations then it's about acknowledging them putting the pen to paper pausing on it uh, understanding how that's affecting me now and giving myself permission to, to change that and say well actually you know what in terms of changing it you, you've got to have an idea and if you can hold that idea and write about it you know for 35 minutes you know you might have brilliant ideas you might not have very good ideas but you'll have gone through a creative process right and if you would that the next day you'll have better ideas and then, then the next day you'll have better ideas and then by yeah. the end of it you know, two weeks seems like a long time to go through this process because uh, it, it's almost like you try you, you touch on these nerves you touch on these experiences and it's like your defense mechanisms kick straight back in and go oh, i don't want to deal with that you know, and they're the same mechanisms you develop when you were a youngster, so you can feel these things coming back in. Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite difficult to crack that nut, which is why I've given myself two weeks. Um, and two weeks might seem like a long time, but two weeks is going to come and two weeks is going to go. If, if I can find something in here which can significantly change my perceptions about myself, mm -hmm. and that enables me to develop and grow into a person that I'd like to be, then I'll do that for two weeks. I'll, I'll do that. And if it doesn't happen in two weeks, well, then at least I will have created a body of work. I'll have been making time out of my day to sit down and, and write about some of the, the most important things that I can remember in my life mm -hmm. and document here that I can work on to give to my children and say, do you know what? These, these are the real obstacles that you're going to come up in life. And, and these are probably the things that you, you might think about doing to solve them, but it won't solve it for you this this is what it will do to you and um and, and and this is how you know you can you can change that you know yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to that sounds like it's something we should uh, talk about next week and see where you've got to at the end of your two-week period righty yeah <laughs> still here yeah no, I'm joking. <laughs> let's not think about that <laughs> there is this overwhelming feel, feeling though going through me which is that i'm actually you know taking responsibility for my life mm. you know i'm not just prepared to just bounce around like a pinball just suffering whatever comes my way it's like you know it feels like i'm you know 
really getting myself together in a way which um which if i you know if i died not going through this process i would think yeah i never really got myself together mm. well and you're a long way off dying so um, hopefully hopefully yeah 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 very good well i look forward to hearing uh, more about your journey mm. and the Thank conclusion you. of it next week Mm. Da, da, da. Next go. week's up. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good place to to close this. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, very good. Uh, thanks for sharing, Paul. It's been great talking to you as usual. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening <laughs> as usual. <laughs> <laughs> and where does that take us up to, Gareth? How long is that? Because I can't see my phone on here. Thanks for listening to the Well Engaged podcast. Hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, tune in again for another chat between myself and uh, my co-host, Paul Tootleman. Same time next week. Bye-bye.